It's George Wolf, and welcome back to another episode of Woo is the New, a space we chat all things woo-woo and spirituality to help women and mothers awaken, evolve, and integrate into the new age. All right, so we are ready for our last Astrology 101 episode for season one of Woo is the New. So if you have listened to episode four, six, ten, and now 12, so this one, you will have an understanding of the astrology basics. Astrology is very complex and each of our birth charts are extremely different. So if you are feeling overwhelmed or confused, that is okay. I know there's been a lot of information. Now is a great time to revisit any of the episodes to help you uncover and dive deeper into your personal understanding. In this episode, we will be talking about our career line. So what our soul chose to do in this life lifetime and our wound. So the specific part of ourselves that causes fear, blockages and pain that we need to heal and overcome in order to evolve and get to where we are destined to go. So as always, to help me with these episodes and to share this knowledge and wisdom, please welcome my girl, star sorcerer and astrologist, Brooke Croft. Hello, Brooke. Hello, I'm back. You're back. I'm so excited. I know our Woo listeners are so excited. I get so many messages each week being like, I want more Astrology 101 episodes. So good. So awesome. So we have gone through our sun, moon and rising sign. We have uh, touched base on our personal planets, which is our Mercury, Venus and Mars. We have talked about the true essence of the zodiac archetypes. And our last episode was about the 12 houses and the areas of life that they represent. So today we are going to jump in and do the outer planets. Um, which is Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune and Pluto. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then we are also going to talk about our midheaven, which is... Our career line. Our career line, or also known, sometimes you can see it as MC. Yes. Um, and we are also going to talk about Chiron, which we will do that and you can explain all about that. <laughs> so let's jump in and talk about our outer planets first. So let's start with Jupiter. Okay, so Jupiter is the biggest planet and its size correlates with its significations. So it always rules things that are big, things that are increased and expanded. It's all about growth, abundance and philosophy. And Jupiter is a yes planet, so it says yes to things. It's the planet of knowledge and wisdom. And if you're getting confused because we associate Mercury with knowledge, learning and information, which is similar, but the difference is for Jupiter, it wants meaning and it wants context and purpose in its mental pursuits. Whereas Mercury just wants facts, logic and data. So Jupiter is our higher mind. And because of that, I like to associate Jupiter with the teacher. It's really 
probably that wise sage, the guru or new age master. Mm, so cool. So let's jump to Saturn. Saturn. A good trusty Saturn. <laughs> Saturn. Saturn is what we call the celestial taskmaster and it represents the boundary because astronomically it's the last planet we can see with the naked eye in the sky. So it's the last planet of the seven traditional planets in astrology. And the fact that it was the last planet for so long is cohesive with the energy of Saturn in astrology. It's like that outer wall and the limit and the boundary. It represents structure, restrictions, fear, limitations, duty, rules and accountability. Saturn is about responsibility on the earth plane and it brings you lessons and karma. And more positively, it's about our ambitions, goals, focus, commitment and our firm foundations. Saturn is the master of solitude as well and things that are long-lasting are also correlated with Saturn and things relating to time. So things that take a long time because Saturn's kind of like the phrase um, good things come to those who wait. So sometimes where Saturn is placed in the chart, you can expect delays. Mm. And so we'll talk about, we'll do a whole nother episode in season two about our Saturn return because it's a big one. It is a big one and it's a big conversation to have, <laughs> but Saturn is pretty much, yeah, represents our karma and the lessons that the we lessons, need to learn. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. All right, let's go to Uranus. So Uranus is the planet of radical and sudden change. It's known as the Great Awakener and it wants independence from tradition and loves to be highly original and in innovative. So it wants reform and it wants to evolve. Uranus is related to excitement and it has a need for change. It wants to express its authentic self without approval or control. And it has a need to be different. And I mean, if you look at the astronomy, all the other planets spin, but Uranus actually rolls. And it has its own unique way of doing things. It's the seed planner and it's very humanistic. But it's also linked with chaos, um, unpredictability, rebellion and nervousness. It also rules over technology, electricity, electrical impulses and invention. Mm, that is so interesting. I didn't know it rolled. Yeah, that's why it's my favourite planet because I'm like, go Uranus. It's just, yeah, all the other ones spin, but Uranus is like, good, good. <laughs> just rolling along. Love it, just doing its own thing. Yeah. All right, Neptune. So Neptune. Neptune has a need to experience a oneness with life. It's the dissolvement of our ego functions and it's, it's external to the ego, basically. It wants to free itself from fear and the limitations of the material world. It's tied to confusion, disillusion, laziness, daydreaming, escapism, any neurotic behaviour that you have and martyrdom. And it also represents glamorous delusions as well. And positively, it's all about transcendence, vibration, mysticism, spirituality, sensitivity, the psychic realms, dreams, creativity and art. It's the intangible and it's the planet of consciousness itself. Mm. And last but not least, Pluto. Pluto. So Pluto wants total rebirth. It wants to penetrate to the very core of something. It wants to release all fears and find the truth. Pluto is all about transformation, power, elimination, destruction, death, birth, obsession and fear. And it wants to surface what has been buried and bring out the hidden self. So Pluto is confronting. It brings forth all the dreams, all the nightmares and all the angels and demons of humanity. Through our own personal Pluto, we embody the visions and the terrors of humanity. Pluto usually sets up its old to wherever it is in your chart and it's asking you to let go of old patterns and behavior even if it's painful because it wants to experience resurrection it's also associated with psychology control money sex intimacy protection secrecy intensity and compulsion but the side of pluto that i personally love is its connection with healing alchemy magic the occult and charisma 
Wow. So that's a lot. I know lot. if you are listening now and you're like, what did I just, what, <laughs> whoa. Um, how does one kind of interpret that on their chart? Because yeah, so it does sound overwhelming when I'm talking about it now. We call the outer planets the heavy hitters in astrology. Mm-hmm. So its energy is really heavy. That's why I don't talk about outer planets often in kids' charts. Um, but also everything can shift and it is the archetypal energy we've talked about this whole time so yes that is the archetype of the planet but depending on what house that planet Mm -hmm. is sitting in what sign that planet Mm -hmm. is sitting in and what aspects it's making to other planets Mm -hmm. depends on how positive and negative its manifestation could be so you could have your pluto in your seventh house that is in trine to your moon in the tenth house and that might mean that you meet your partner through your work and he has a very transformative impact on your life and your relationship goes through so many transformations and rebirths and you grow and learn through that but it's so loving and nurturing because it's an aspect to the moon oh see this is why we need to work with an astrologer especially with those outer planets yeah it's nice to have a good understanding and an understanding of the basics but yeah definitely and we talk about those outer planets and they sound heavy right but because in astrology we do transits mm-hmm. so this is when you have your natal chart and then the planets currently in the sky are making aspects to your natal chart and so that's when we call them the heavy hitters because uranus might come through right on your sun and you have a sudden awakening mm-hmm. and it destroys everything and all this stuff happens so when we're talking about the archetypes like i was just talking about we're talking them in the context of the bigger picture of astrology so in transits and other things so it's not necessarily you're looking at that planet in your natal chart being like oh Pluto's going to destroy my third house Mm -hmm. like that's not what's going to happen yeah this is why we need to obviously yes have an understanding a basic understanding but this is why we had the brooks of the world (laughs) (laughs) sharing your wisdom with us all right so let's jump into our midheaven what does our midheaven represent So your midheaven is the highest point and it's the pinnacle of your chart. So it's the cusp of the 10th house, the house of vocation. So we look to it as the career line and it's similar to the 10th house as it's the impact we make on the world and it's how we are perceived in the eyes of the general public and what we are known for. So this means how you will appear to people who barely know you, so people who you walk by in the street or the shopping centre and it's similar to the ascendant sign so you can often see the midheaven play out through people's social media platforms, especially their business ones and it's the reputation you gain through your career so when you're watching celebrities on television or in movies you are more likely seeing their midheaven sign and their 10th house activity so when you have an empty 10th house you look to the sign on the midheaven and its ruling planet to see quite effectively how you are perceived in the public eye and what you're most famous for and really what careers are going to be good for you Mm. So what's the difference between your rising sign and your midheaven then? So when I just meet you, I'm yeah. getting you and I just having a conversation now, I'm getting your rising sign. Yeah, well, so you're not, getting obviously not you and I now, but yes. if I was just meeting you on a face-to-face level, that's what you're showing to me straight away. But if, I'm, I'm, if I see you out in the world, yeah. I'm getting your midheaven sign. Mm-hmm. So if I'm seeing you on your business social media and what you're doing I'm seeing your midheaven okay and that's you know that's what you're aligning with your career and what you are out in the world and what you're known for in the world makes sense because yes I am definitely polar opposites in my rising sign in my you're actually the perfect example so if you probably walked into a group situation very shy and people are getting the Georgia Georgia (laughs) then you're going to get your cancer rising but Mm -hmm. for people on the internet and for people that know you out in the world and they're talking about you in the world they're going to get your midheaven yes I feel it all right so let's talk about my midheaven oh Aries so you've got an Aries midheaven 
So Aries Midheaven people are the pioneers in their career. They are the, they are the ones that are charting new territory and they are also known as the entrepreneurs and the self-promoters. So Aries is the sign of the self. So they can make a career out of sharing themselves and this is especially present on social media. So I notice a lot of Aries Midheaven people and their business socials are based around them. They are taking the lead in the public eye and people often look to them for leadership. They are known for starting things, whether that be a new trend or they can start a new cause for which they fight for and behalf on others um, and you can also look to the other side of Aries so this might not resonate with you but it could resonate with another Aries midheaven and they might be known in the public eye for being a bit of a daredevil or they might make a career out of physical fitness or be an athlete or they could simply be known for being a bit of a, a survivor of some sort so whatever it is an Aries midheaven person they're usually very fearless in the public eye and they have the courage to take risks. Mm. So what is a what's your midheaven? I have a Gemini Midheaven. Oh, okay. Dan has a Gemini Midheaven. Dan has a Gemini Midheaven. Yeah. So Gemini Midheaven people, they usually, it's just so funny because I really resonate with my Gemini Midheaven. I almost feel like it's like my sun sign, Gemini, mm-hmm. because Gemini Midheaven people usually have um, their fingers in many different things. So mm-hmm. they like to, you know, they're often known for having more than one job. Mm-hmm. So or, or they have a job and they're studying for something else. They're yeah. sort of doing a lot of things at once and they're not fulfilled through really stagnant and mundane work. They need mm-hmm. a lot of versatility and adaptability in their work. But it's all about sharing information for a Gemini Midheaven. So they acquire all this information and they're known for sharing it with the world and um, they're the, 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 the teachers I know a lot of teachers that uh, have Gemini Midheavens as well mm-hmm. and it's so funny because that's Dan like he's the general manager for a company mm. yet he is at university Studying. doing it his degree yeah. and I'm like wait how I always say for Gemini Midheaven yes have a couple of jobs but like draw the line at like three or four <laughs> yeah. because uh, seriously a lot of Gemini Midheaven people will have like mm. four businesses two side hobbies like so much going on yeah and so what if um someone is seeing their Midheaven or they're just learning about their Midheaven or they're really unhappy in their career yeah they look to their Midheaven and they're like wait that's that's why or that's have you had do you have an yeah, example so that of would that? be you can use that case for example so if Dan was in a job where it was very stagnant and he was sitting at a desk all day and he was just doing the same repetitive movement over and over again so like an office job where it was just like unfulfilling and he was repeating the same processes it would mm-hmm. be horrible for him he would Mm -hmm. hate that he needs that adaptability he needs to be up and moving and doing things Mm -hmm. um so he's not going to be fulfilled in that way Mm. and then also I had a friend whose husband um he's a double Taurus and he has a lot of earth energy and he was in a very repetitive job and she thought that would be good for him she's like you need that stability you need that security like it's all about that like and Taurus is slow moving Taurus is slow it's like you just you know you do your thing Mm -hmm. and just take your time and you want you want that stability and security in a career most of all and then I looked and he has a Gemini Midheaven and I'm like, hey, no, he needs to be out doing things. So I think he shifted his job and he's out driving trucks and doing all different things, yeah. going to different places. And that's a Gemini Midheaven. Yeah, so interesting. And I think that's why Dan thrives in his job because he works overseas. Yeah. So he's like constantly yeah. on the move. Doing and ninth of, house action yes. Dan's got going on. Yeah, so good. So what's another uh, Midheaven? So Leo is a fun one because Leo is known for being out there in the world and they're known 
known for being very creative and playful and they sort of draw people to them. They're known for that Leo energy in their career and in life in general. So people um, sort of perceive them as being very fun loving and they, they really shine through their career. Mm-hmm. So they have that extra sparkle and they can do careers like acting or performance or dance or drama or anything like that. But any career that allows them to be creative and allows them to shine who they are is very important for a Leo Midheaven. Oh, that's so interesting because Daphne is a Leo Midheaven and her son is in the 11th house. So, oh, And that is someone who's very happy, warm and friendly mm-hmm. as well out in the public. And Leo is very generous, so someone that's very giving and kind. Mm-hmm. So I have a question because obviously... Um, as a parent looking to my children's birth charts and seeing their midheaven it's something that I'd like to at least harness or foster and like have an understanding of you know potentially what would make them happy in their career so Winslow has a Taurus MC which I it, it feels conflicting because she's got a lot of 10th house action she's got her son Mercury and her Mars in Gemini in her 10th house so like Taurus is slow moving but Gemini is really fast they're both like obviously there's a lot of action going on in her 10th house so how do I how do I interpret this what do, what does this look like <laughs> so I would interpret it as in Taurus is known for its beauty and its sensuality so she's bringing beauty into the world in some way and that could be through a creative endeavor but it's generally in something quite tangible so she's mm-hmm. bringing something beautiful into the world that is tangible but then when she also has this Gemini in her um, 10th house and she has her son there and her Mars there so it sort of pulls that Taurus off its but yeah it's like kicks it moving it's like come on because um sometimes a Taurus midheaven can be slow moving yeah it takes a while to get there because it's very methodical in its approach to its career but because she has those planets in there it sort of energizes her so Mm -hmm. she's able to push forth more than a normal Taurus midheaven person Mm -hmm. but for her it's all about showing up in the world leading the world because her son's there and she's so ambitious and she has the drive to do it but she's bringing beauty and sensuality and love and tangible things that people so like she'll probably create something mm. that will benefit the world ah oh, I mean how amazing is that to know as a parent right mm. so mm. good and she's so into art and creating like yeah. she will sit and draw yeah. all day if she could yeah. so it and it, it shows up in different ways like for instance um I did a lady's chart the other day and she said um she was a sewer so she created mm-hmm. um embroidery or something mm-hmm. and sold that and I'm like that's so Taurus midheaven like I'm creating something tangible Mm -hmm. and I'm putting it out in the world yeah amazing so cool to know so Pascal is a Capricorn midheaven Uh, I always think Capricorn midheaven people and some people get it confused with Capricorn midheaven being like somebody who's in the corporate world I'm going to be climbing the corporate ladder I'm going to be CEO of this company um Mm -hmm. not necessarily I often see Capricorn Capricarian. I often see Capricorn Midheaven people. Um, they're just wise. They're wise people and they're mature for their age. I often see them being the entrepreneurs of the world. And so they're out there creating their own career and their mission because Capricorn is on that mission. So they're actually very ambitious as well and very hardworking in the, their career and they're known for that. So people will look to them and be like, oh my God, look at their drive, look at their ambition. They just keep going until they reach the top. But they have a mission and they're here to fulfill it. Mm. So you said that Capricorn are the 
entrepreneurs and B also said Aries is an entrepreneur. So what, what's the difference between the two? So the difference is that Aries is the initiator. Mm-hmm. So it's the sign of beginning. So it's going to start a new, new trend or start a new thing, whereas Capricorn is slow and steady. So it'll work really hard to get to the top. It's not necessarily like bringing the innovation in that mm-hmm. Aries is bringing in, but it's bringing the maturity in and mm-hmm. the authority in. Mm-hmm. So in context of people looking at somebody with an Aries midheaven and a Capricorn midheaven, the Capricorn midheaven is going to have that long persevering drive with their mm-hmm. career and they're going to be very mature and stable and just keep following that mission where an Aries is like, yep, I'm starting this, bang, and then I'm doing this, that, and then they're mm-hmm. bringing that leadership and innovation into the world. Yeah, so Capricorn are usually going to take an idea that's already formed and go the long haul with it, whereas an well, Aries they, is... Well, they might, but then they might have Uranus like sitting right on their midheaven and they're going to create change and do something, do you know what I mean? So this is why every astrology chart is... That's why so our astrology different. charts are so amazing because they mm-hmm. are so unique and crafted. So mm-hmm. you could have a Capricorn midheaven, but it looks totally different to the next person mm-hmm. because it's just the different planetary action is going to shift everything. Okay, so let's talk about Chiron and what is Chiron Tell our beautiful Wu listeners. Okay. So Chiron is an asteroid that is named after a centaur in Greek mythology who could not heal himself, but he healed others due to his experience with pain and suffering. So this placement indicates where an individual is wounded or hurt and how they can overcome this and how they can heal others. It's also our fear, and I often find these fears are carried over from past lives and tie into people's nodal stories, um, which we'll get to in another episode. Mm -hmm. So should I talk about... Um, the mythology behind Chiron? Yeah, sure. So it's actually really important for, to know the mythology behind Chiron because if you have a really strong Chiron in your chart, then you generally resonate with the story of it and mm-hmm. the mythology behind it. So there was a sea nymph called Philera and she caught the eye of Saturn and Saturn made himself more, more appealing. So he turned into a horse and he raped her and then he fled and she became pregnant. And Philera couldn't live with the violation and the humiliation that she experienced. And when Chiron was born, she was really repulsed by the baby. And so she just abandoned him. And if you have a really strong Chiron in your chart, shame and abandonment are, very, are, are a very prevalent emotion for you, basically. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening was Apollo, the sun god, adopted Chiron and he taught him in the arts of poetry, prophecy, healing, medicine, astrology, logic, all those sorts of things. And Chiron became this really renowned healer. And he had this royal bloodline as well, which also helped in all his abilities. And he wasn't like the other centaurs. So the other centaurs were very unruly and rambunctious and Chiron was really kind and in touch with nature and what ended up happening one day was Chiron was actually shot by a poison toxic arrow by one of his apprentices Hercules and Chiron is actually immortal so he can't die but instead he lived in constant agony and suffering from the pain of this wound so you have the physical pain from the wound that he's experiencing but then you also have the psychological pain of his parents abandonment Mm -hmm. and so in the end he ended up sacrificing his own life and his own immortality for Prometheus I think it was um, because he was under cruel punishment by Zeus and in that final act of sacrificing himself he was finally able to heal and liberate himself so Chiron is that point in the chart where we are wounded but we can heal others through our own pain Mm. and that's why we call him the wounded healer so Chiron essentially we've all come in with a wound Yes, yeah. So just to break this down for our beautiful Wu listeners, essentially why do we want to know about Chiron? At Chiron, we've come into this life with a wound that we need to heal mm. ourselves and by healing others, we heal ourselves. Yes, it's that concept. Yeah. And it's that fear 
And we mm-hmm. can't ever push forward in life unless we overcome these obstacles yeah. and these pains. And often I find um, many people aren't aware of their Chiron because mm-hmm. it, it can be quite unconscious and it's just lying within you somewhere. And mm-hmm. it's not until they start diving into their Chiron that they're like, wow, I actually am a bit like that or I'm scared to do that or that mm-hmm. does hold me back. It's just this thing that we have inside of us that we don't even know is there sometimes. So by knowing your Chiron and actively working on it, then it sort of helps you progress in life. How amazing to even know that, right? Yeah. We all have this underlining fear or, yeah, it's a wound that limits us and yeah. we, we are unconscious and we are not aware of it, then we can't heal it because we don't even know it exists so this is why Chiron is so important for us to know because as soon as we can bring it to our awareness and understand it we can make those steps you know forward to heal it and it's usually linked to our purpose in the sense of like we have to overcome it to get to where we're going Mm. we kind of can't get to where we're needing to go in this lifetime without healing our Chiron right yeah you can't align with your purpose Mm -hmm. if you're being blocked by it yeah and Chiron's generally it's either past life or most of the time early life that Mm -hmm. you develop this wound Mm -hmm. so if it's not something that you resonate with early life like you'll resonate with your Chiron but it doesn't mean you can correlate it to an experience and that could mean that it's past life carried over and I can always see that in the chart so for instance your Chiron is actually loosely conjunct your south node so your past Mm -hmm. life so yours is all from your past life yeah so that's another thing we'll obviously dive deeper in but we'll touch base on past life yes um in this episode but yeah your chiron can come through from a past life because we're here to evolve and to heal and to learn lessons and chiron's really going to help us do that so let's talk about my chiron yeah so you have a cancer chiron so when you have a cancer chiron the wound is related to your sense of self-love, your self-worth and how you nourish and care for yourself. So there can be a fear or a wound here around feeling unsafe and not secure. And people with this placement often have difficulty receiving emotional and or physical nourishment from others. So they might hide in their shell and feel too vulnerable to open themselves up to receiving nourishment from people, but also feel shriveled inside that protective shell at the same time. So I often find the stomach is a very vulnerable area of this person's body if you have this placement because it's graphically paralleling strong emotions that the person feels so some people um I actually notice this quite a bit when I'm doing readings it's obviously not the case for you but it is the case for a lot of people with Chiron and cancer that their emotional needs translate into physical hunger so they eat when they really need emotional nourishment and emotional mm-hmm. food um, and so that's when some people can have problems with weight and their diet because they sort of think that they're hungry but it's this emotional longing inside that they need to fulfill and these people are very strong um, very strong nurturers and have really strong empathic abilities and are well developed in their connection to the inner world and they are often psychically intuitive and know what is happening to those they love even at a distance and with this placement you might feel unsure of yourself in your own family of origin obviously it's not the case for you but I know many people with this placement who have had painful experiences around their family and home life and as I said yours is just really linked with your past life story Mm. so because mine is also my Chiron is in my first house so what does that mean because obviously our Chiron in whatever house is going to shift it shift it yeah Yeah. 
So when it's in your first house, um, people with Chiron here usually are led to self-exploration that guides them to embody and take on the role of the wounded healer or teacher. So when it's in the first house, it's a strong wound on a, wound on a very personal level. So that's either emotionally or physically. And throughout your life, sometimes when you express who you are and your essential being, you experience rejection or you just worry about rejection and people not accepting you. Mm. So you have a cancer Chiron because should we probably uh, mention that Chiron is generational so can you just explain what that means yeah so we all like if you're from so all your friends around your age everybody you went to high school with they'll all have the same Chiron so as in like for example you and I are a year you're 90 I'm 91 yes we have cancer Chiron yes but your mine's in first house yours is in 12th house Yeah, so yours is in the first house, conjuncting your south node, so that's how I know a lot of your wounds are coming from the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mine's in my 12th house, and it's conjunct my Jupiter, and it's conjunct my Venus, and it's opposing my Saturn in the Mm sixth. So you can see that's a really big Chiron story. So if Mm -hmm. I was relating that in a chart, it'd be a big story I was pulling through. Mm -hmm. So basically, when you have a Chiron in the 12th, um, sometimes it can be difficult for you to deal with your traumas and your pain so Mm -hmm. you have an issue with being very vulnerable and opening yourself opening yourself up so Mm -hmm. you tend to sort of hide away from it and it's that that longing that we talked about in the other episodes when you have Chiron there you sort of don't feel at home in the world and it's quite a wound for you like Mm -hmm. you feel pain around it you're like I just don't know if I want to be here sometimes this is pretty heavy but when you have Chiron in the 12th there's a strong link to depression and suicide and things like that Mm -hmm. Um, but for mine because I have it um, I'm lucky that mine is conjunct my Jupiter as well and Jupiter is the teacher and the wise sage so Mm -hmm. I'm able to use that in my work I can empathize with people on a very deep level because I've been through enough to help them Mm -hmm. and it's also conjunct my Venus which is my beauty and my aesthetics which is opposing my Saturn so Mm -hmm. I know this sounds like gibberish but basically what that means is that I have a wound around how I am in the world the way I look my beauty and I do I've struggled with that pretty well my whole life Mm -hmm. and so I'm gonna cry so weird (laughs) I talk about it oh tears no it's good let it out girlfriend I need tissues here (laughs) This is why Chiron is why we need to have these conversations. I'm getting teary thinking about it as well. Oh my gosh. Okay, because we all have a wound. We yeah. all we all have a wound. And when you start to um, understand where it's coming from, whether it is this life or past life, yeah. it's like so healing, right? Like this is what we're meant to do. We're meant to cry it out. Yeah, we are. And it's in cancer. So it's like, do cry it out, please, Brooke. <laughs> Even though you don't like being vulnerable, here you are crying because you're talking about your Chiron. Chiron has the ability to do that. Awaken mm-hmm. little things in you that yeah. you suppress. And that's why... You can get upset when you're talking about it, especially when you have a strong Chiron, yeah. because obviously mine's very strong. Like mm-hmm. it's almost the center point of my whole chart. Yeah. And so I have to keep coming back to it because there's so many issues based around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know where it all stems from and I'm glad I know about it because I'm like, I didn't, I didn't realize why I had so much self-hatred until I yeah. realized what my Chiron was doing in my chart mm-hmm. and the way I am literally on a mental level, it all comes back to my Chiron. Mm-hmm. So because I know about it no, now, I, I can heal those wounds because mm-hmm. I understand exactly where it's coming from. Yeah, amazing. So, oh. This is, this is real and raw. This is what you get. We really do need tissues. I made this mistake last time. Okay, so let's chat about my Chiron in the way that you say, you're you saying that it is linked 
to my south node. Can I, we're not going to talk too much about the south and north node because it is a massive conversation, and yeah, we will that save will be that. A big episode. Yeah, we <laughs> will save that for season two of Woe Is the New. But obviously, we're talking about my Chiron, and it's me bringing my wound from a past. So, what what does my past look like? So I guess if you're bringing that Chiron over from a past life, you've had experiences where you felt abandoned and insecure. So you and I have talked about your past life story before, so Mm -hmm. we know all of the energy around it, which you resonated with. Mm -hmm. Um, So you are bringing it over in this life and healing other people with it. And all of your past life energy is based around motherhood and the pain you experience through motherhood. And you've come into this life and you've wanted to heal mothers. Mm-hmm. So you're using your Chiron, you're embodying the wounded healer and you're helping other people. Mm-hmm. So it's that past life energy and that pain that you feel that you don't even know where it comes from. And you really feel like you need to help other mothers. And people with Chiron in the first house, they, like I said, they embody the wounded healer. They mm-hmm. are the wounded healer. So often in the charts of like there was a study done on Chiron and I think the first house the 10th house and the 12th house all that had the highest number of um, people who were actually healers out Mm -hmm. there in the world doing healing work yeah so amazing let's take the focus off ourselves for a minute (laughs) current 12th house over here is like I'm done (laughs) let's talk about my hubby Oh, I never say that. I never say hubby. <laughs> what am I doing? Um, my husband, Dan, because his Chiron is very interesting for me. Because mm-hmm. when I look at his chart, I'm like, wow, there is something there. So Dan has his son in Taurus in his ninth house. Mm-hmm. He's got his north node, so where he's wanting to go in Taurus in his ninth house. He's got Mars, so his action and his drive and you know his motivation in his ninth house. But then he has Chiron. <laughs> Just dropping a little bomb in there, Chiron. Yeah, then he has Chiron in Gemini in his ninth house. So it's like he's got all this supportive energy of like his motivation, his drive, his son, like his identity, his personal power, and he's got his north node, so where he's wanting to go. But then Chiron's just like, I'm going to join the party here and kind of (laughs) fuck things up for you. But Chiron is so beautiful when you overcome it. So that's where you help and heal others. So once he addresses that Chiron, then it's like literally like the most beautiful house action Mm -hmm. ever because he is a healer in that area of life. Yeah. And I think this is what, you know, what happens, right, is that we, the Chiron is put there because he is going to overcome it it's Mm. so supportive of actually being healed because his son's there and he's where he's meant to go so it's actually such a beautiful placement that does mean obviously there's going to be some obstacles and some uh things he's going to have to overcome to get Mm. to where he's wanting to go but how amazing that he's going to have the drive and motivation to still get there and heal himself so and and, um a current in gemini they're usually there's a fear or a blockage or an issue around being able to share what they know and their wisdom. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I'm not good enough to share my message for people mm-hmm. or there's like other people out there that have better expertise than I do. Mm-hmm. And so they block themselves in that respect when they do have such a gift to share, mm-hmm. but it's just learning to overcome those challenges. Mm-hmm. And also people... Where, where your Chiron is, you're often very gifted in supporting other people in that way. So he might be very gifted in supporting other people to get out there, be you, share your message, share your love, that is spread, him. spread your wisdom, that but is. he's not out there actively doing it himself. Yeah. So through that, he's healing other people. 
because mm-hmm. he's helping them. He's like, yes, you go out there and share yourself, mm-hmm. but he, it's sort of he has to overcome his own personal issues based around it. Yeah, and Dan is so supportive of me and my message and my mm. mission, and he is just like, yeah, girlfriend. He doesn't call me girlfriend either. I don't know why I'm <laughs> – yeah, girlfriend. <laughs> he is very supportive of what I am you know wanting to do so being uh, a Chiron obviously could potentially be past life so what does that mean a Gemini Chiron yeah so he could have um, shared his wisdom and shared what he knew in a past life and received backlash for it or wasn't met with you know what he thought it would what it would be and so he has a real fear around sharing in this life it's almost Mm -hmm. like that choked up throat chakra like I don't I don't know what to say because I've said it before and Mm -hmm. it backfired on me so he might have said something did something especially with communicating and he's taught himself that like I'm just not going to share anything because I'm not worthy of sharing anything Mm. Even actually, I've got a good Chiron and Gemini example. Oh. So I had a client the other week and so with everything that we just talked about having trouble sharing your message the client told me that they would type up an Instagram post where they would share all this stuff and like things that they thought they were knowledgeable about and that they knew and then couldn't post it just Mm. that block like they were like I just don't feel like I'm good enough like I feel like so many other people out there know more than me and I need Mm -hmm. more information Mm -hmm. before I can share and Mm -hmm. I'm like no you share it that is your Chiron getting in the way Mm, yeah so interesting all right so We've obviously spoken about our Cancer Chirons and we've touched based a little bit on uh, the Gemini Chirons. So what are some other generational Chirons that could be um, around the listeners of Woe is the New? Okay, we'll talk about Taurus and Leo. So that's either side of the ones we just talked about. Okay, great. Uh, So when you have your Chiron in Taurus, that can be somebody that has trouble um, asking for what they want and what they need. So mm-hmm. that usually can come from the past or an early childhood. And it's also a massive wound around your self-worth. Okay. That's massive with Taurus because Taurus is all about self-love and self-value and self-worth. Mm-hmm. So there is a massive wound around that for you. And then if you have your Chiron and Leo, that's somebody who struggles to be the centre of attention. So they don't like the spotlight. So mm-hmm. it's real scary for them. So if you ask them to go out on stage and perform, they might become physically ill because yeah. they're like, no, they don't want to put themselves out there in that way. And it's like they don't feel like they're good enough and they might have trouble putting themselves out there to shine. And also Leo is to do with creativity. So you might have a bit of a creative blockage if you have this placement. And these are all things that just need working on um, for you to develop so you can move past it. So often I find people when they have that creative block that comes into Leo and Chiron that came from uh, early childhood. So maybe the parent or someone sort of blocked off their creative gifts or didn't foster those creative gifts. Mm-hmm in Mm. them and so they sort of learnt to suppress them and deny them and so that's why it comes up as a blockage when they Mm. get a bit older Mm. but also like talking about helping other people so I always find Leo Chiron people are so good at making other people shine yeah so they're like yes you go out there and they're so supportive of everybody else radiating Mm -hmm. and bringing that out in somebody else so instilling self-confidence in somebody else Mm -hmm. when they really need to give it back to themselves yeah it's so interesting now I know a lot of woo listeners are mums and they're probably thinking oh my goodness I'm gonna go look at my child's Chiron we're gonna say no this is a this is a no-go zone purely because your Chiron is so sacred to Mm. you and only you can really interpret that how that really plays out for you personally yeah like you look at our Chirons and they play out totally different totally we have the same Chiron so yeah okay perfect so big note your Chiron focus on your own Chiron not your children's Chiron but when they get of age, 
Teach them about Chiron. Teach them about Chiron. <laughs> yeah, perfect. All right, so good to know. All right, so I think we touch base on everything that we need to know for season one of Who is the New. I'm so excited for season two. As you can hear, guys, there is so much more that we can actually uncover from our birth charts when we talk about transits and aspects and yes <laughs> all of that stuff so obviously if our viewers and new listeners want to get in touch with you and start to work with you Brooke how can they do that what what do you have to offer so if you want to get in touch with me my instagram is moth to the moon and my website is www.mothtothemoon.com where I have all my readings and services available on there so I do zoom calls um, for parents and for children so I can do that uh, for your baby baby as well as yourself we can combine them all together mm-hmm. um, but yeah they're called cosmic parenting all mm-hmm. the charts that I have on my website for children and cosmic alchemy for the adults perfect so yeah if you're wanting any of those outer planets and understanding more of that yes or if you're wanting to dive deeper into your midheaven and understanding your career line or if you're wanting to understand your wound and what you're needing your to past life yeah your past stuff. life and what you're needing to heal in this life get in touch with Brooke. It is a game changer. It can get a little bit confusing if you're going on the internet mm. because there is a lot of information. And like Brooke just said, uh, that your chart is so unique to you and it can be so different in how one interprets it. Yeah, it's a lot different to the people just thinking astrology is your sun sign. Yes. <laughs> so every, that's why everyone poo-poos astrology because they're like, oh, your sun sign, that's painting with very broad strokes. Yes. But it is so detailed and it's a very, it's a mechanism of all these different working components. So yes. it's very unique, our charts. No one has the same chart as you. Yeah, it's so amazing to think in season one, we've gone from thinking we are a star sign. Yeah. To now being like, oh yeah, my goodness. The complexity of our souls. Yeah, is big. and this is just the basics. Like <laughs> This is the basics. This yeah. is the basics. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, thank you again, Brooke, for being on Woo is the New. Thank you so much for having me. And I just feel so blessed that I've been able to share all this cosmic wisdom with all of your listeners. Yeah. And until season two, yeah. we have got so much more coming and I'm so excited. Thank you again for tuning into another episode of Woo is the New Podcast. I hope these episodes help you understand how beautifully unique and complex you are and it excites you to discover all aspects of yourself. Like always, head over to my personal account at George Wolf and follow along the podcast Instagram at Woo is the New. I am sending you so much love. Until next time, bye.